Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing experts in emerging areas of PR. We'll be taking those hot topics in public relations, dispelling any myths, breaking down the jargon, so you are completely clued up and ready to speak to your stakeholders by the time you reach the office. If you have any questions around the episode, please feel free to tweet me at Stella Bales. In this episode, I'm joined by Nicole Moreo, who is the Vice President of the Global Research and Analytics Team at Ketchum. Nicole is also the Chair for the North American Chapter of AMEC, which is actually how I met her. For those of you who aren't aware of AMEC, it stands for the International Association for Measurement and Evaluation of Communications. Bit of a mouthful, but essentially they're the organisation that's helping public relations as a whole, on a global level, really move forward in the way that we measure the value of our work. So you've guessed it, this week we are talking about PR measurement and it's an area I'm really passionate about, so I'm super excited about this episode. In my interview, Nicole covers some of the highlights from the recent international conference that AMEC held in Barcelona, where they announced a new tool, which was called the M3 Mapper. I find out exactly what the mapper is and how it's going to help individual teams as well as the PR industry as a whole move forward. I also hear about Nicole's fascinating career journey and how she went from economics to public relations to data and then to measuring PR as she's doing today. But enough from me for now, let's dive straight in and hear from Nicole. So you're the chair of AMIC North America, but you also work at Ketchum in New York. So could you tell us a little bit about your roles in both of those? Sure. So I started um, as vice chair for AMIC last year, and then this year took over as chair for North America. Really, that's looking at all of our different delegates that we have, whether it's from agencies, companies, measurement vendors, any of the above. Um, If they are a member, we kind of want to make sure we're meeting regularly that we're sharing information, we're thinking about ways to spread knowledge. So that's really kind of overseeing a very large chapter of really smart people. So it's been a really great year for that. And then within Ketchum, I'm a vice president group manager for our international analytics group. We are a pretty large group that we look at not only helping the agency and a lot of the agency clients, but we actually have a lot of our own analytics and research-based clients. And my role is really looking at how are you really bringing together all the types of data out there? Um, Traditionally, you know, PR is known for a lot of just media. And my role is really how do we put the audience member at the center and think through what are they interacting with and how can we bring all that data together to tell a story? So my role really with Ketchum Analytics is how can we grow that? How can we get um, our clients to understand the benefit of having data and analytics at the center? And also working and mentoring a team here of learning how to become 360 analysts, how to, you know, embark in the world of programming that's coming in and data science and and really just kind of bringing that forward uh, to, to help the industry. Wow, you are totally immersed in PR measurement, it's safe to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just taking your role with AMEC right now, for mm-hmm. listeners who aren't aware of AMEC, could you just give us a brief background and summary of what that organization does. So AMEC is the uh, International Association for the Measurement and Evaluation of Communications. So it's a nice long name there. But we've been around for 10 years. We actually had our 10-year anniversary this year at our international conference that was 
in Barcelona. The really value proposition for Amec is making sure we are educating kind of a global society to make sure that we all come together. We have, we're learning how to have one centralized framework for measurement and evaluation. I think that gets forgotten quite a bit. It's not just let's get metrics out there. It's how are we evaluating how we impact business outcomes. So Amec is an international group. We have people from all over the world that are involved in it. Um, I think actually at our conference this year, we had 40 different countries represented. Again, our goal is to educate. Our goal is to make sure we're providing a network for people who want to learn, who want to become inspired, um, and really help our industry as a whole come together on how are we measuring, what are we measuring, and how can we keep moving forward. So what is your personal role with AMIC? I know that you said you're chair for North America. What does that involve? So I sit on our international board. So um, I work with a lot of the other regions to make sure we're sharing information. We're seeing how we can get the word out there. Um, I also sit on our education committee. So we are looking at building new courses. AMIC does have online certification courses. So for students or really anyone, I know a lot of agencies, a lot of companies actually recommend their uh, employees to get certified as well. So the education committee, we're always looking to see, do we need to update the course? Do we need to provide a more advanced course? Um, Are we keeping up to date with some of the new technology and new ideas that are coming out there? And then for North America, my role is really just to make sure I'm allowing our members to have the ability to network, to learn from each other. The value of AMAC really is in learning and in making sure that we're all helping each other be the best measurement and evaluation professionals that we can be. It's varied, but a lot of it is just, um, I work with a lot of very passionate people on the board and we want to make sure that we're spreading the word as much as we can. I was following the Barcelona event that was recent, which Mm -hmm. was your international conference, and I was following the hashtags and I had serious FOMO (laughs) (laughs) um, that I wasn't there being passionate about PR measurement myself. And I'm sure that some of the other people who are listening here probably saw that on Twitter. So what was going on at the event? Sure. So this year, like I mentioned, it was our 10th anniversary. It was actually the largest one we've had yet. We had 330 people from 40 countries. And we had speakers from everything from Microsoft, Adobe, UNICEF, NATO, the UK government. It was really a a great speaker lineup. And our goal this year was looking at the three I's. So it was innovation, integration, and insight. So it was two days of events where everything from case studies to panels speaking about things like AI and digital technology. So it was just a a really great event where people were able to ask questions, they're able to network, they're able to explore different options um, that they might not have thought of before. And so it was really a a great moment where I think AVEs, we've all heard about, it has been a theme in the past. It was a great event where everyone was like, you know what, we're done with them. Let's let's kind of move on. And some of the thinkers we had there were just really very smart people discussing new trends, new ideas. And of course, it was in Barcelona, so that didn't hurt to, <laughs> to make it really fun. Something that I noticed on Twitter at the event that everybody seemed very excited about was the M3 mapper. Yes. Now, is this going to solve all of our problems in measurement <laughs> in PR across the world in all verticals? <laughs> it's a step in the right direction. Um, I think we 
we, you know, it was very, we, we announced it. A lot of people had some great and infer- great questions for us because it really was a pilot that we were showing. Some people had heard that it was in process, some people not so much. So it was a great way to share with everyone why we were doing it, what we're thinking through, and how it could really help us in the future. So um, for those who don't know, AMEC, in the 10 years it's been going on, has had three really key um, moments in time. One is the Barcelona Principles, which was really design principles of a good measurement program. The other is the Integrated Evaluation Framework, which is up online, and it's it's really great. I recommend everyone takes a look at it, but it really takes that Barcelona Principles and you put those into practice by following kind of a logical step-by-step process that allows you to make a plan on a page. And then you have the measurement maturity mapper, um, which shows where you currently are against ideals and it gives you a path forward. It helps you evaluate where your program may be and the steps you may need to take to keep moving your measurement program to more of an advanced end game that really is focused on outcomes and insights and not just metrics. So it's not going to solve everything, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. And we shared the pilot and really asked anyone and everyone to challenge it, to ask questions, to really dive into it. And we did get a lot of great feedback from people recommending we add a different variable to it. We look at it a slightly different way. Um, And we have an action team as part of the board that's really working on pushing that forward. Has it launched? Is it available for other people to use yet? Um, not fully. I, I believe there is online a way for you to take a look at the pilot and see some of the results. So we essentially worked on a questionnaire. The questionnaire was designed in a way to try to figure out where you fall on a spectrum. And we worked very closely with teams of people we have through AMEC that are in the academic space to make sure that the questionnaire was really designed accurately. That went out to over 9,000 people. 467 of them clicked on it. We had about 62 completed responses. So again, pilot, it was done from a small range. Um, But what was great about it was we had people from in-house, from agencies, and from some vendors. So it was across the board. And it did provide us some insight into where agencies typically fall, where companies typically fall, where some vendors typically fall, where like UNICEF and nonprofits sometimes fall. So I think it was really, really helpful to see how this all maps out. So it is online, but you need to keep in mind that while there's information, there's really some useful information there, we are still growing it. It's a pilot and we're taking feedback and we're going to get ready to relaunch it soon. That sounds really useful. Mm-hmm. How you said that people can uh, map themselves against some ideals. Mm-hmm. What are the ideals based on? So the idea is that we really are trying to get people to understand if you are currently in a the basic area of your journey, the standard, the advanced, or the fully integrated. So the questionnaire really starts asking you to figure out if you are simply counting outputs. So clips, impressions, posts, sentiment, or goal setting, are using smart objectives, targets, or KPIs, are you reporting outtakes, like responses or engagement rates, participation, advanced, are you setting baselines and benchmarks, are you thinking about the audience's needs or just jumping immediately into metrics, is it fully integrated, Um, you know, peso, sometimes people are a little sick of hearing about that, because at this point we all feel like we're all on the same page, whether it's digital, social, owned, or earned, but Is it fully integrated? Are you looking at outcomes like message acceptance or advocacy? If you think about fully integrated, that means that you're also looking at 
causal analyses. You're looking at reputation studies. You're maybe part of an econometrics model that you have in-house. Are you part of planning? Are you being brought into that system? And that impact, are you looking at reputation, relationships, organizational change? So there's a few key areas there that, dependent on how you answer certain questions, you get mapped out on this spectrum. And it shows you where you you hit compared to maybe some of your similar like peers. I think even those questions are triggers for people to be assessing their position in Definitely. any kind of interagency position they might <laughs> be or within their own their own team. So I can see that's going to be helpful already. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said that it kind of directs you once you've been placed. What kind of direction do you go on? Is there, is there training or is that just part sure. of more tools? So I think... The idea would be that it may, it shows you where you fall. It probably, it will let you know that, hey, if you're falling in more of the advanced area compared to the fully integrated area, here's some things you need to be thinking about. Um, and that's where AMEC, I don't think people realize how, much, how many tools AMEC gives you. As I mentioned, there's that integrated framework. So if you know you need more outcome-based metrics, if you go to the integrated framework, it outlines for you examples of types of metrics that you should be looking for and how they're defined and what you should be using. So I think the end goal of the M3 mapper probably will have a more, hey, go take this course or go use this tool. Right now, it's supposed to help you kind of from a planning standpoint. We've had some people say they've already used it to go up to their higher ups and say, I told you we need to be investing more in this, or I really need help in this area. Allow me to spend more budget. So already it's been a tool to help give a little more context within the business. I think long-term, it will be as more of a tool of here's your exact next step you need to take. But I will say for now, it at least gives you that context. It probably pinpoints a few pain areas for you. And then I will say the AMEC website has a lot of other information on that you can then use what the maturity mapper gave you and go find that information on the website. Or you just contact AMEC themselves or you reach out to a delegate that you know. If you're in North America, you can reach out to me um, and we'll help put you in, in contact with the right person or the right piece of technology or just the right information online. It sounds like it's going to be useful no matter what your role and position is in PR right now. Just some of the things that you were just saying, I was putting myself back into my old agency days and when I was building the reports and counting up the metrics and that sounds like that would really help me to Mm -hmm. see if that was going to be, if we're on the right kind of journey. I know some of us who have sat there building those reports have a niggling (laughs) feeling that there could be a better way but maybe don't have the confidence to go and challenge. This could really help that. And not only that, it could really help your own objectives as well, right? It definitely can. I mean, along with this, we did, um, there was a survey that AMEC always puts out and there's only 37% of the respondents regularly linked PR performance to reputation and impact on strategic organizational objectives. So a lot of times I have heard, and it's even happened where there isn't enough budget to maybe go as in, in depth as we would like. So people get very comfortable with metrics, but all of a sudden a year, two years go by and no one knows why we're even gathering those numbers and suddenly you get questioned, your program gets questioned. So I think the mapper is really allowing people to say, we need to think a little differently. doesn't mean it's more expensive, it just is differently. Um, And I think it pinpoints a few of those areas so people can start maybe pushing that conversation forward more. Do people need to be an AMIC member to use the mapper? Right now, no, that's out for, for everyone. A lot of our educational 
Uh, pieces are are available for everyone. There's also measurement month is in November. There's a lot of information that gets shared then. Again, long-term, there may be some more advanced components that are just for members. But right now, our goal is to try to hit the largest audience possible so we can make this the best framework that we can and really learn as much as we can. Sounds great. Do you think that the mapper can help PR teams no matter what vertical they're in? Yes, 100%. I think The great thing about the mapper is it forces you to think a little differently. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I have a client from one industry that goes, well, that doesn't matter to me. I'm like, well, actually, if you just think of it this way, you want to ask yourself the question a little differently. It does open their mind to, you know, this one metric might not be important, but another one is because it ladders up to a larger KPI. So again, it's kind of a planning tool. It's really a strategy tool that as long as you're not looking at for it to be a cookie cutter, this is exactly what I need to do and really think through it as how can I make a more strategic decision? It's going to work for every industry out there. In PR measurement generally, what do you think everybody should be looking at in 2018? In 2018, I think you need to be looking at the bigger picture. I think too many people still feel like, oh, well, I have my impression number or I have my number of mentions. I'm good. There's no storytelling there. In 2018, you need to tell a story with your data. You need to have context with your data. Almost every company out there now knows if they're going to make it in the next few years, they need to be using their data smarter. And if PR is left behind because we're not joining that conversation, we are not going to be included in the strategy conversations. We're not going to be brought to the table thinking about ROI. We're not going to be brought to the table when budgets are, are, are having conversations, when we're thinking about budgets. <laughs> um, but I think in general, for 2018, if you aren't thinking beyond just media or just social media and thinking more of how can I tell a more integrated story, you're going to be missing out on context to explaining the importance of your program. Say I'm an account manager in an agency, Mm -hmm. maybe like your own, Ketchum, and I want to learn more about measurement, but I've been set a certain way that I should be measuring my clients. Mm -hmm. Where do you start to explore more in this this space? I would say um, if you Google AMEC Measurement Month, people from all over the world for that month for the past few years have been writing blog posts, have been posting webinars, have been just posting a ton of content, that it is a great way to start learning who these people are. I follow a group of people on Twitter that I know for a fact they're going to be the first ones to talk about a new innovation. Most of them I've met through AMEC. So that's not just a shameless plug to try to get people to look at it, but it's a really easy way to find some really good content. One of our partner organizations is IPR, the Institute for Public Relations. They do a lot of academic studies on this as well, and it's really interesting to see some of the information they come out with. I also do think it's important for us to look at the broader marketing world. So there's a lot of great information out there in ad age and and some analytics societies that have it there. So I would say Google and Twitter are your friend. People love sharing this information. People like me who are data dorks um, really want to find ways to share the conversation. But a quick and easy way, 
would be to Google about Measurement Month. You'll see some great posts that come up. The AMIC website does have some great content there. IPR, I'm always a big fan of things that they put out. Um, and it's just, it's a conversation that's been going on for so long that there's some great content. I would also say, don't be scared about reaching out. People who write this stuff, people who are on these boards, we do it because we're passionate about it. So there could be something that someone posted a few years ago and you wanna know what the update is they'll talk to you. They'll point you in the right direction. But I think it's a great place to start. Nicole, you've got such an interesting position, not just by being the chair at AMIC, but also within your role in analytics at Ketchum. How did you get to this point? Can you talk <laughs> us through your personal journey through public relations, if it even did start in public relations? Do share. It did not. <laughs> um, I actually came from an economics background. And for me, it was around the time when the banking industry was not doing very well, um, I started looking for different ways that I can use more of an analyst background. And it just so happened that I kind of fell into a PR agency. And so the first agency I worked at, it opened my eyes to kind of more of the qualitative and, and text analysis and trying to tell a story through what people were doing by getting a message out there. You know, I, I did try a few other areas. I, ended, I, I worked in law, I worked in a few other places, um, but I realized I was really passionate about understanding how to reach the audience in the right way. I would say that the reason I still love it is because I haven't stopped learning. When I started in this industry, you were still literally counting clips. So not even digital, you literally were counting pieces of paper sometimes. Um, and then it was a huge thing that you added sentiment to that. And because I had the economics background, I always wanted to add more data. And so I have learned so much by amazing vendors and partners and clients over the years who have really allowed me to ask them smart questions and try out something, try out a measurement program for an event that included a whole bunch of different areas. Um, and I've been lucky that there's been a wealth of change in the past few years. So as that happened, I learned a lot along the way and have just kind of kept pushing to make sure that PR is such a valuable part of the user journey um, and make sure that it is recognized for the value it gives. Did you move through a traditional career path through public relations? Did no. You, no. No, I started, I didn't even know really what public relations did when I joined an agency. I came in as an analyst. I, I wasn't exactly sure what that, what that meant. So I started as an analyst and really, again, it was more just looking at traditional media clips and coding it for certain variables and and thinking of it that way, I actually, like I mentioned, I left. I worked in a different industry for a bit. And when I came back, they still didn't really know what to do with me. You know, they knew they needed someone who could do numbers. They know they needed someone who could think a little differently. But I then just came back in as I oversaw a analytics group at um, a different agency at Peppercom. And, uh, you know, we grew from kind of a team of one. By the time I left, we were around 10 people. And I was lucky to be at an at a agency that really saw the value in it. They allowed us to see that at one point I was just measurement. Then it was research and measurement because it was surveys and bringing all that together. Then it was analytics because we recognized that all came together. I hired everything from data scientists to your general researchers. And so, no, it was definitely not your traditional way. And I can tell you that I then hired people from very untraditional backgrounds, psychology, English majors sometimes. Lately, it's really working with people who are some in digital media shops for the paid media. I think it's really unconventional. And I think it's an exciting place to be to if you're looking for a change or you like telling a story through data, it's 
people are looking for those kind of unicorns and, and how they can be brought in. It seems like you're a very forward-thinking agency back then, but that's, you know, that's much more common now, isn't yes. it? We're starting to see these kind of teams pop up in some of the larger agencies and, you know, really measuring much more in-house and being analytical in-house rather than just using external services. Mm-hmm. So do you think that maybe there's the the chance for people who may be in more of a traditional setting in role but have an interest in this to to learn more and maybe move into that? 100%. I think some people are scared of this industry because they, I think the joke is I've heard from a lot of my PR colleagues is they see an Excel sheet and they black out. They don't want to think about it. But in reality, all analytics, big data, all of that is you you take data that might be in a messy format, you figure out a way to organize it and structure it and, and you know make some sense out of it. And then you tell a story with that. Um, someone who's really good with the data isn't always going to be great with the story. So there are many roles for people out there who might not love doing the number crunching, but they know how to look at a data set and then figure out what that actually means. So I'd say no matter what your interest is, there's, there's some way for it. And I actually think eventually, while analytics should be at the core everyone's going to have to know how to use it. Planning, strategy, it's all going to use data more and more. And being having the knowledge and the comfort to say it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to not know what you're looking at, I think is just going to be very important as we move forward. You mentioned that it's important to learn from other areas of marketing when we're looking at PR measurement. Is there a particular area of marketing that you feel is really moving into PR or merging with PR right now? I think when it comes to data, we're learning that some of the more traditional advertising um, and paid marketing area has has had it a little easier to access this data for years because it's actual click data. You own it. You can you can you know exactly who saw it and where they saw it. PR has always dealt more with well, if it's in a really great publication and it has a really great message, it should resonate with your audience. And it's hard for us to get that accurate data. I think what's happening is with the flux of data out there, there are many studies that people aren't trusting digital as much as they used to. And that's when I say certain ads. I think I read a stat somewhere that you're more likely to get struck by lightning than someone is to click on certain banner ads, depending on where they are. So knowing that people used to be able to say, oh, I'll just push some money out there and I'll get some impressions. There's now that conversation of, is it quality impressions? And I think that has opened the door a bit more for PR to have that conversation of, we're really telling a story to an audience. It's a little more natural. We have to pitch it. They have to want to do it. And the trust for earned media is actually a little higher. So I think we are learning a lot from areas that have had access to some of this data for a lot longer than we have. And they've built attribution models. They've been able to really look long-term at it. And we're learning from them and trying to think a little experimentally, how do we take more of earned data and, and plug that into the system? It's not going to be easy. There's some people who still really want a plug and play. And it's very hard to explain that, especially with PR, there's sometimes a time lapse before it, you know, people make a decision. I think user journey mapping is something that is really becoming a story in PR where I, I did not hear it as much as I used to. And it's something I love and I'm passionate about. And I think we're adopting that from other areas. And we're now being seen as a much bigger player in that journey than we were previously. There's so much to learn now in PR. We've just talked about the merging between different channels of marketing mm-hmm. um, and how we can learn from areas such as paid 
How do you personally keep up with your own development? You seem to have a lot of knowledge in different areas. I network with really smart people. Um, (laughs) I've been lucky that I have come across people from different industries. I've been lucky that agencies I've worked at really pushed the integrated model early and often. I've gone to a lot of conferences where I just heard fascinating case studies and I wanted to figure out how they how they got to there. So how do I keep learning? I read. I think there's a lot of books out there that people are coming out with. I think it's also recognizing that where my comfort zone is and, and how to step out of that. I think PR is only going to grow when people understand that that lack of trust is buildings. People now realize they can be advertised to anywhere. You have Cambridge Analytica, you have all these things that are scaring people. So I do think the finding a way to get someone to trust you is gonna be bigger. And learning about trust and how the audience, what you read, what you don't read, what they interact with, I stumble across things. I stumble across how you brainstorm that process or thinking through how do you get your message out? Well, if you're getting your message out on a digital platform, how do I learn about the user experience on that? You know, I, I, a few years ago, learned all about UX, IX, CX, because I started reading about it. I think it just asks questions. You need to realize that we're going to keep changing. The industry is changing a lot, and it's okay to, to ask those questions and, and network with people. Curiosity, have the confidence to ask yes. questions and read. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Great. Well, thank you very much. It's so interesting. I think we've all got a list of actions that we can go on and go and learn more about the M3 Mapper, be better at measurement and yeah, go and learn some more. Thank you for your time. Of course. This is the PR Resolution Podcast. Keep in touch by following me on Twitter at Stella Bales. For more reading on PR, head to blog.coveragebook.com don't forget to tune in to the next episode and make sure you subscribe to the series on iTunes now. See you there.